Hello church, uh, last week I was speaking to an empty sanctuary and now I am reduced to preaching from the comfort of my own home, talking to a camera. Such is life in these very strange times. I hope that you're all doing well. Thank you so much for the way that you are continuing to support uh, the church through your prayers and your offerings. Your faithfulness is much appreciated. Let's pray. Guide us, O oh God, by your word and by your spirit that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover peace. Through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We are now at the end of our exploration of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippians, and uh, really it's a remarkable letter. Even though Paul's in prison, chained to a guard 24-7, knows that he may very well be executed, uh, he writes uh, with, to the Philippians with such joyful confidence and positive encouragement. Paul says that he's able to rise above the, the grim circumstances of his life and find true contentment. So listen to Paul, reading from Philippians chapter 4, um, verses 11 and 12. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Boy, isn't that something that you and I want? I mean, to be truly content, to be at peace within ourselves, no matter the situation which we find ourselves, so that in times of great need and scarcity, we can instinctively react with a good deal of poise and confidence rather than with fear and panic. And wouldn't it be great if in times of prosperity and, 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 and plenty that we would be content with what we have rather than always feeling like we have to have something more to give us the satisfaction, the fulfillment that our hearts crave? Don't we all long to attain a certain equilibrium in life so that we're truly content and at peace no matter the outward circumstances of our lives? We human beings are not born content. I mean, we are a bundle of desires and longings that cry out for satisfaction. We're, we always feel like we need something more, be it a um, happier environment, a better job, a, a bigger paycheck, a better house, more stuff, you name it. I mean, there is a restlessness in the human heart that never ceases. Paul speaks about this restlessness in all of us. Paul says he has learned the secret of true contentment. Interesting that he should use that word uh, secret. I mean, that certainly makes us want to listen up. I mean, tell people you have a secret and they want to be in on it. Uh, everybody wants to know it. Um, a secret, quite simply, is something that's not uh, obvious, right? It's not apparent to the average person. It's not a matter of common sense. It's not easy to find. It has to be discovered. It has to be learned. And sometimes it has to be learned the hard way. The average person starts out in life thinking that they know how to find true contentment and lasting satisfaction in life. It's drummed into, into them from youth. Find contentment in life by working hard and attending the right school and finding the right job, the right career, the right partner. Do this and you'll be happy. Just, uh, you know, follow your bliss, whatever it is. Discover and live your dream in life. Go for it. Do whatever it takes. You know, climb every mountain and ford every stream and follow every rainbow until you find your dream. And sooner or later, uh, many find themselves living the dream only to realize they're not as happy as they thought they would be. They, 
They may be well fed, they may have plenty, and they may have a good job, and yet they have this uncomfortable feeling that there's something still missing. All their achievements and their strivings and their entertainments, their possessions that pile up around them have not brought them the contentment and the satisfaction they expected. Their heart craves for something more, and yet for something as yet undefined. And then there are others that find that the dream has eluded them, that they have experienced not plenty, or experiencing um, not plenty, but want. They've lost their job, their spouse, their health, their, their, uh, their financial wherewithal. They've, life has not turned out as expected. They realize to their utter dismay that all these things that promise them meaning and security has utterly failed them. Their hearts cry out for more, and they don't know where to turn. Poverty, not prosperity, has marked their lives. Our lives can turn on, on a dime. I mean, prosperity can quickly turn into poverty. I mean, look at the, the stock market crash, right? Uh, life is so unpredictable. I mean, who would have thought this pandemic should come down upon us so quickly and completely uproot our lives? <clears throat> but whether one is experiencing plenty or want, there remains a, a yearning that nothing can satisfy. But now the Apostle Paul lets us in on the secret of true contentment, something that he has learned in the school of hard knocks. Listen again to his words. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then he says in verse 13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. There it is, the secret of true contentment. It can only come through a vital union with Christ who alone can satisfy the cravings of the human heart. And that's why Paul can exude such joyful confidence even as he sat in chains. Many of the philosophers of Paul's day spoke of contentment, approaching it from the point of view of self-sufficiency. This was true of the school of philosophy known as Stoicism whose most famous practitioner was the Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius. Basically, the Stoics said that since we don't control and cannot rely on external events, then we can only rely on ourselves and our own responses. We should look to resources within ourselves. But Paul has a different view. He says, I'm strong enough for anything, he says, because of the one who gives me strength. The secret of true contentment, no matter the circumstances, he says, lies outside ourselves. It doesn't come from one's inner resources that are wholly inadequate, but only from without, from God, who is able to supply all of our needs. He alone can bring the contentment that our hearts crave. As St. Augustine famously prayed, Lord, thou hast made us for thyself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. I read about a woman who uh, grew up over the small store her father owned on the west side of New York City. She went to college and she met and uh, married the son of a prosperous business owner in a southern city. And so they acquired a beautiful home, began raising a, a family of their own. Over the years, the woman developed an insatiable appetite for possessions. I mean, clothes, cars, jewelry, frequently went on shopping expeditions that cost thousands of dollars. She drove her husband to expand her business, to earn more and more money so that we, she could continue to redecorate and refurnish their lovely house and to, have, to be able to throw lavish parties that her friends would remember and talk about. And 
And always she justified what she was doing by saying, you know, I was very poor when I was young and I can't help wanting things now. And if her husband complained, she said, well, you've always had beautiful things. Now it's my turn. She was living the good life, but she was feeding her hungry heart with, with things, with stuff. Well, one night, um, her life turned on a dime. Uh, a couple's beautiful daughter was killed in an automobile collision on, on her way home from a party. Actually, she was devastated. They were devastated, and the woman cried for weeks, and nothing could console her. And she decided that she and her husband had to move to another house. They had to get away from the memories of, of their daughter, and so they bought an expensive place in another exclusive neighborhood and had entirely redecorated. As long as the woman was, was supervising the redecoration, she seemed reasonably happy, but as soon as it was finished, she began to, to cry all the time again. And you missed the first house where her her child had grown up. She had a nervous breakdown, went to, uh, went to an expensive clinic and stayed for several months. And then when she returned home, barely holding on to life, she wanted to see her father, who still lived in New York. Her husband put her on her plane and off she went. And on Sunday morning, her father asked her to go to church with him. Well, she refused. I mean, she was never a church person, um, hadn't been to a church in years. And the next week he asked again, and this time she went with him. But something happened to her as she listened to the scripture readings and to the sermon and to the prayers. It was like the voice of an angel speaking in the desert of my life, she said. In college, she had studied to become a nurse, and now she went home and enrolled in a nursing course. And when she finished it, she took a job in a local hospital. And 18 months later, she received recognition from the hospital administration as one of the most selfless and devoted nurses on the staff. Her whole life was turned around, transformed. Life was worthwhile again. What she had discovered that day in her father's church was a secret of true contentment. Even in the worst of circumstances, life is to be found in God. She thought life was to be found in things, and possessions. She thought her life was over when she was in desperate want and all her grief. But she came to know God in Jesus Christ, and that changed everything. When God is at the center and has preeminence over everything, we can find contentment, we can be grateful, we can even be joyful, regardless of our circumstances. True contentment is the ability to say, God, you are enough. You are my all in all, you are all I need. Your grace is sufficient for me. No matter what I'm dealing with, no matter what comes my way, Lord, I find my strength in you. And indeed, he will give us the ability to get through anything, even pandemics. I can do all things through him who strengthens me, says Paul. Paul suffered hardships and faced dangers that most people then and most today can't even imagine. But his testimony in the middle of it all down rings down through history to our own day. I have strength for everyone and the one who gives me, I have strength in everything and the one who gives me power. No wonder he could write with such joyful confidence. 
And you and I can have that kind of confidence in life as well. The secret is out. Life is to be found in Christ alone. To him be the glory. Let us pray. Dear Lord, you alone make life worth living. You are everything we need. Help us to remember that whether we are suffering great want or living in a time of plenty, you alone can bring true contentment to our restless hearts. Hear our prayers, O God, for this world of ours reeling from a rapidly spreading pandemic. We pray for those who are sick, for those who are caring for them, for those first responders and medical workers who are putting themselves at some risk to serve others. Give wisdom to medical researchers and scientists who are seeking treatments and a vaccine. Remember your church, O Lord. Keep us all safe. Help us to remain connected to you and as we are able to, to be connected to one another, even though we are physically apart. Strengthen our faith, our Lord, and our sense of dependence upon you. And we now pray the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.